Father, we are so grateful that we get a chance to celebrate you, that we get to hear from you through your word. Remove me that your people might be encouraged, challenged, celebrated, and cared for. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It was uh, probably a few years ago. I can't actually remember when this took place, but I was kicking it at a, at a barbecue in our neighborhood with one of our, one of our church members, Sister Mary was over there kicking it at her place. And uh, you go to Mary's house, you're going to see some off the chain, like woodworking. I know I ain't supposed to like hype up certain church members, but the girl type. So went over her house, kicking it at the barbecue and um, our parents in town. And I'm rapping with her dad and he starts sharing with me a little bit about uh, what he's written, this lengthy paper called a dissertation. He, he's been working on a Ph.D. or working on getting, finishing his doctorate degree. And uh, he had shared with me the topic that he was writing on. And it, and it, and it, it caught me a little bit. His topic was about like virtue, and he studied how Aristotle, this old dude from way back in the day, uh, this philosopher said that virtue, your, your character, how you kind of operate uh, can be nurtured by your habitat, your, your surroundings, the environment can, can make good people. And so her dad's position was like, nah, because I know, you know, we know a bunch of people that's been raised by some amazing parents and they still lie. They, they still go ahead and steal, lie, cheat and harm people. So his position was actually, no, it's not just environment. There's got to be God at the center of it all to create honestly good character. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the, the, the Bible has this kind of genre of psalms. The Bible gives us this genre of psalms called thanksgiving to remind us that it wasn't just our environment, but that God can use our environment, but he is at the core of it all, and it is him that gives us a reason to be grateful. It is him that gives us a reason to be thankful. And so today, we are driving, diving in to Psalms chapter 66, and we're going to look at a thanksgiving psalm. Psalms chapter 66, a thanksgiving psalm. And, and thanksgiving is just the, the, the habit of looking back, seeing God come through, and you being grateful, you being thankful that he did it again. So look at me, chapter 66, starting in verse 1. We'll read the first uh, four verses. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing, oh, wait a minute. Shout for joy to Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah. Starts with shout. Shout. 
Shouting is a, 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 a loud declaration. It's this guttural, uncontained expression. Shouts don't fit in our normal parameters of communication. There's a uh, uh, certain ways that you're supposed to ha- behave, certain ways that you're supposed to conduct yourself, and shouting isn't typically a part of it. Trust me, if you, if you, if you think there's probably only like three or four places where you shout and it's like totally appropriate, maybe like sports events, uh, funerals, uh, maybe like a, a, a certain like concert type like outdoor experience or worship but try try to go try to go shout in a different environment try the next time you're in a grocery store and you're just grabbing some oreos and you just let out a loud one watch how people respond or next time you're on that that zoom call and somebody reporting about the tps reports go, go, go ahead and just give a loud shout right in the middle of the meeting see 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 how see how it flows Actually, shouting is is one of the things that I I miss most when I don't get to be in the presence of our entire church. Yeah, y'all know me. I'm loud. I I still shout when I preach, even if y'all aren't in the room with me. But there's this aspect of worship music where we get to join together and sing together and shout out to God. And it's perfectly normal. It's actually expected. You see, shouting comes from some type of catalyst that is, that is beyond your normal. And us understanding the beauty, the glory, the magnificent character of God should lead us to do something that's not just normal, but to shout unto him. We're supposed to let it go. And so we're shouting for joy, and joy is just this, this pleasure. We're shouting because we know we get to delight in God. It's not always happy-go-lucky, but it is a reminder that he is good. And so he kicks off with shout for joy to God, all the earth. I love that, that uh, the Faith Life Study Bible, uh, this guy named J.D. Berry, says this about God's name. He says, God's name represents his character. He protects and delivers his people for his name's sake. The psalmist describes his name as majestic and exalted. God's name represents his protection and it signifies a source of trust and victory and deliverance. Now that's shout worthy. That is shout worthy. Thinking of this God that has delivered you, this God who we can trust in. That is shout-worthy. But then there's this, this part that, that comes towards the end of, of four, and, I, and it's this interesting kind of balance, this simple word, this word that we're trying to still wrap our minds around fully. It's selah, because we get to share about how awesome his deeds are, shout about it. Shout about his character. But then Selah is kind of this word that, that we're, we've been trying to wrestle with. And GodQuestions.org says that, that it might be uh, rendered from two Hebrew words, the word to praise and the word to lift up. And it's a prayer that's lifted up. 
But then there's others that say, no, it's not, it's not one of those worship times where you are lifting up something to God. It actually uh, comes from Salah, which is a musical notation signifying that you are supposed to rest. It's almost as if, as if the, the choir is shouting out, singing unto God, and, then, and then, then you see the choir director just lift that fist up, and everybody just, no instruments, no nothing. Everybody just quiet, rest, and then they come back in. Selah could mean to rest as well. And so you have within these first four verses a, a call for people, for me and you, to worship the Lord by shouting out because he's worthy of doing something that we don't normally do. He's worthy for us to, to shout his praise and then pause because he is so good that we need to rest in his presence. Continue with me, starting at verse 5. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There, there did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Bless our God, our peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip for you, O oh God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I love that, that, that the, the posture of... Uh, of, of the psalmist here is one where he helps tie us into something that is bigger than just him. Right now, his focus is corporate worship, a corporate thanksgiving. It's not just your individual approach. And, and one of the things he does to highlight the corporate aspect of it is that he uses an example for us to come and see that he was never a part of. He uses an example in verse 6 where he says, and he turned the sea into dry land. He, 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 he probably wasn't at the, at the Red Sea. But what he's doing is he, he's, he's retelling the good works of God that has happened from generation to generation to generation to generation. And so he's saying, come and see. Come and see what God has done. Let me, let me tell you what our God has done. Come and see. I want you to come hear how, how when we were being chased by Pharaoh, seemed like we had nowhere else to go, backs up against the Red Sea, and now we begin to see walls of water build and form, and we walk across on dry land. Come and see. Come and let me tell you about how good this God is is he is worth our great our gratitude our thankfulness 
I love that he connects it with previous generations. We've had some, uh, some, some, some cool ways that God has shown up in the life of this ministry. We're not Israel, but we are God's people. We are God's children. And so I want to kind of bring you in and and constantly be retelling Mac Ave's story so that even if you are new to us within the last year, you'll understand some of the ways God has shown up and shown out. In, In some of our early days, we started, we had four pastors. The Lord blessed us, allowed us to, to as a team, uh, invest in building relationships that are range from California and Boston to building relationships that are right here local. So much so that we had some crazy experiences happen where some churches said to us, hey, if you're a member and you believe in the vision of what MACAB is going to be doing, that MacAb wants to see discipleship happen, wants to see maturity happen, wants to see people flourishing in the 48214 zip code and then to the nations. If you believe in that, we send you from our church. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if y'all know, but, but most pastors don't send their members to be a part and support and help with other churches. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of amazing. Amazing. Come and see. Let me, let me come and see. Let me tell you what, what the Lord has done. Even in the midst of us starting with four pastors over the years for different reasons, and God has cared for each of the individuals in some, some amazing ways for different reasons. We've gone from four pastors to one. But I'd say that even in the recent two to three years, the Lord has allowed the, the, the community and the connection within the church body to continue to flourish, even though we have less staff. We are still able to grow, draw closer as a church family and love and serve one another. Come. Come and see what the Lord has done. God, God, God did some, some, some craziness. Can I just say it's, it's crazy because I don't see it a lot. I, I know it, there's a term for it called multi-ethnic churches, but I just don't, I just, I, that, that term doesn't feel like it, it properly describes all of who Mac is. Because within every pocket of people, we have great diversity. I mean, even within, our, within black people, we have some Mac members who were raised in this neighborhood and said, I ain't coming back. I'm good. God has been good. I will love it but from afar. Praise the Lord. We had some folks that said, man, I ain't never leaving and you crazy if you leave. And then we had some folks that said, hey, I'm leaving and I'm coming back. I'm leaving. We have so much diversity within black folk, within white folk. We have so much diversity. We had some folks that are like, hey, I love what y'all about. Hey, I don't even know what y'all about, but I, I, I kind of want to live in community and try this thing out. We had some folks that are coming from as far as Cali. We had... 
and, and, and this crazy melting pot. We had, we had folks that was hearing about us in schools. They, they, didn't, they didn't hear about us through our flyers, you know, going to They was hearing about us as they were teachers in a teaching organization. And they got wind of the church and began to dive in and plug into the church because of somebody sharing through a teaching network. Like, like family, the mix of people we have here, come. Let us see what the Lord has been doing. Come, let us see what God has done. And it is a, it is a beautiful picture that only he can create. And I'm going to always look back and say, we're thankful. We're grateful. We are so thankful for what God has done and has been doing. But I love that, that as, as the psalmist puts it on God, because God parted the seas. God was the one that let them crawl, walk through on dry ground. He doesn't take credit for anything. And we don't, we don't either. I know y'all wanna, wanted it to be, you know, because of my lineup is off the chain and I'm looking like fresh. No, um, I know, but, but, but it, it wasn't Leon. It wasn't Eric. It wasn't Eric. It wasn't Tony. It wasn't Matt. It wasn't, it wasn't our staff. It was God. And it continues to be God. But we have this issue, right? We got this issue as people where, where sin does surface. Where sin is something that is present and can cause us great, great problems. And so I believe it's in verse 9. He acknowledges God being the one that kept us. He says in verse 9, I'll start with verse 8. Bless our God, our peoples, let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. Watching over us, keeping us, formed this diverse group of people into one body, and then keeps us together bound in him. Stops us from from failing and falling. And those times when we do get a little rocky, he's there to catch us and keep us. But continue on with me in verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us and you have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Testing. You've tried us as silver is tried. There's a, a story that um, Tim Harrison shared about refiner's fire. The story goes like this. There was a group of women that met for Bible study. While studying the book of Malachi, chapter 3, they came across verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. The verse puzzled the women, and they wondered how this statement applied to the character and nature of God. 
one of the women offered to find out more about the process of refining silver and to get back to the group at their next Bible study. The following week, the women called up a silversmith and made an, the woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him while at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest, but her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had that he had to sit there in front of the fire the entire time the silver was being refined. The man answered yes, that not only did he have to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on it the entire time that it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, but how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in it. Powerful, powerful understanding of the process of refining that the heat that is applied, though it is at its highest temperature, might to the eye think that it is painful, but it's actually drawing out impurities. See, this isn't, this isn't a, a, a test that God is saying, I'm going to see if you really love me. No, that's, that's not the context that the psalmist writes. And I know the word says test, and we want to apply that type of definition, but that's just not the definition in, in this psalm. In this psalm, it is the image of a, of, of a, a tried and true process that is uh, uh, challenging the very state of the Christian. It, is a, 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 it may be a process of suffering. It may be a process of challenge. It might be a process of pain. But it's still for your good. It's still drawing out impurities. And, 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 and the psalmist is telling us, if you coming out refined, if you coming out pure, if you just went through all that, even though it was painful, but it got you to a place where you can be able to shout unto your God, you better shout. You better let them know. You better say, come and see what this God has done. Let me tell you how amazing he is. Come on, y'all, you know you have some pain that you have gone through at certain points in your life. And you was like, what am what is going on? Why am I going through this? God, I can't even. And then later in life, you see how it drew you closer to Christ. Somehow in the midst of that hurt, it, it helped you to be able to be formed and start looking more like Jesus. And if you could have picked that way to do it, you wouldn't have picked it. But that's why you ain't in control of your life. That's why God's in control. He picked it for you and said, ah, might have a little heat over here. Don't worry. I'm going to be with you. 
the whole way. You see, family, we got we to gotta have the right perspective even as we're going through things. All for his glory. All so we can celebrate him, so we can be grateful to him. I'll say that the, the, the past six months have probably been my most difficult six months of pastoring um, yeah, period. And and it, and it's not it's not because of you. So like just just I pray nobody feels any type of guilt or shame. But th- the reality is that the the state of our world has been we have had multiple things we've never seen. We've had a, a pandemic where our city has made national and world headlines. I've been on a number of calls with organizations that are national and um, oftentimes they read me statistics about our city that other places just have no connection to unless they're one of the you know, other epicenters, New York. or. And so we have been rocked in many ways and... and uh, and this racial stuff has been tough. It's, it's, it's been tough because we are, we are talking about things that some people feel like we've been trying to talk about forever. Some people feel like it's a whole new world. Some people feel like we're talking about it too much. Some people feel like we've not even scratched the surface. And, and, it's, and it's messy. It is so messy. And it is so painful. It's painful when I say these terms, when I say my black people or my white people. Every time you hear yourself described, when I say my my Asian people, when I say these terms, it's like, oh, just got defined. And 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 that and that that's a trigger in and of itself. Soon as we go there and and family, I just want to say I, I I believe this is part of the refiner's process. I believe that our God is using this. I, are we done? Have we arrived? No, <laughs> no, no. We we still have many more conversations to have. We still have more learning from one another. Notice I said one another. I definitely believe that black people have to listen and learn from others as well. But there's a primary voice about racism that is coming from people of color. And uh, this is a season of, of, of a lot of listening that needs to happen, too. A lot of listening from the majority culture. But I believe that we have an option. We have an option to start slipping and letting our foundation shake because what we end up doing is villainizing and hating one another. Or it can get messier. It can get reveal more layers of ugliness and in the end, draw us closer to being the one representative of God's church that he desires. 
but there might be some more heat applied. And my prayer is that we all would remain in the fire, committed to God and committed to one another as we walk through some tough days ahead. But I've seen some some beautiful fruit already, y'all. Man, I'm seeing some some pretty apples, some grapes that's just shining. You know what I'm saying? A couple banana nanas kicking it. Y'all know food make it into every sermon. Come on now. You knew it was coming. What do you wait now? I'm seeing some great fruit from these conversations, y'all. And, 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 and I know that's not the case for everybody. Some people are actually being hurt more and more by these conversations. And some people are being lost and not getting it and feeling like we're just talking past one another constantly. Stay in the fire. Trust God that he's the one keeping you there until the proper time and that he's using this to allow us to look more like him. Continue with me in the next section of scripture. Verses 13 through 20. And I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. I will perform my vows to you, verse 13. It's interesting. That's a, an, an interesting way to talk about uh, keeping or even how you want to act within a relationship. I mean, in other, in other places, the psalmist writes, you know, worship, adore, shout, perform my vows. It just sounds so formal. You know, like, 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 could you imagine, like, you know, saying to your spouse, like, hey, honey, like, uh, you need some help? I got you. I love you. I'll do whatever you need. And they said, no, I just need you to perform your vows. <laughs> like, 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 it's just, it's just so formal. But, but the psalmist like like enters into this 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 time of worshiping of shouting of of saying come and see he he kind of shifts a little bit and reminds us of of even kind of what marriage looks like like you, you you know when you you come to that altar you're making a statement of what you're going to do even though you have not yet experienced it you you say sickness and in health you know, then you make up your own um, your own vows a little bit. I will wipe the crud out of your eye, even on those mornings when, you know, and I'll get the milk for your cereal. You know, you're like, you start making up this lovey-dovey stuff, whatever. whatever. 
but you haven't, you haven't yet experienced it. And then there comes a time when the reality of your experience ain't all lovey-dovey. It ain't all, you know, squeaky clean fun every day. But you still hold true to those vows. You see, the psalmist is doing the same thing here. The psalmist is, is basically saying, I'm going to commit to worshiping you and being thankful for you even before some of my some of even before I come out of some of this refiner's fire. Even before I know that everything is all good, I'm committed to your worship, God. And that's that's a that's a challenge to us, y'all. Like, 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 like in this time of COVID, racial tension, injustices on one hand, misunderstandings on the other. In this time of, of, of political unrest, as we look at, at, at countries having inner turmoil and producing rules and laws that, that, that are degrading certain citizens, like as we look at so many things that are happening, are you committed to the vows? Are you committed to, to, to your, your praying during this time? Are you committed to reading your word? Are you committed to seeing your brother or your sister created in the image of God, even if they hurt you? Are you committed to what you said you would be about when you entered into this loving relationship with God? That you submit to his ways and not try to lead you see, vows are something that are to be lived out forever. And this psalmist is trying to help us see our vows are something that we need to be performing. His was burnt offerings. What are yours? But look at verse 16. It was, a, it was a corporate experience. It was a come and see. I want to tell y'all what's going down. I want all of y'all present. But then he shifts from a corporate experience to a personal one. Verse 16, come in here, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. So, I, so first, I've got reason to be grateful and thankful because of what he's done for generation to generation to generation. How far you want me to go back? I'll go all the way back to the Red Sea on you. You can be grateful for God providing. I can go back to when he started this church and, and God did an amazing thing by allowing amazing neighbors to get connected with us and folks that were not neighbors and moved in and became neighbors and folks that's commuting that's like 40-minute commutes every Sunday, and they was coming and being on time. And like, like God just allowed this beautiful, eclectic group. There's a corporate experience. But he doesn't stop there. In verse 16, he shifts to a personal experience. Because we, we have a testimony. And that's worth shouting unto God that we got a testimony as a corporate group. But you... You have a testimony, too. And that's why he says in verse 16, come and hear 
all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. What he's done for my soul. How he has grounded me and kept me and provided for me and protected me and secured me. Remember all those, all those characteristics that described his name that was making him shout, shout worthy? Psalmist is like, I've, I've got some of them stories. And you have some of those stories too. We have some of those stories as a collective group, but in your personal life, God has come through. I'll tell you that I've been uh, specifically. So um, so God has given me a burden to see people from different groups united, period. When when I was in all black spaces, uh, even as a kid, like, I would see kids that had like really cool clothes and kids that were like bummy and had nothing. And I would like try to be bringing both folks together. Like it just was it was the way is the way God has wired me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it now. Uh, I used to not like it because so point being that I, I, I feel drawn to connect people, especially across difference. Because when everyone's similar, you, there's no need for me. Uh, but, but when there's difference, like there's something that can unify us. And I get excited about what can unify us. Uh, so, and so what that leads me to do, and, 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 it, and it, it happens even in the way I speak. Sometimes my words can't come out quick enough. It's in my mind, but, I'm, but, I, but I need to slow it down because I don't want to say the wrong thing to harm someone. And so like, it has led me to be really patient with certain people because I know that like some people can come to that center line really quickly and others, it takes some steps to get there. And so I, I personally find myself in arguments with everybody. It's just, it's just it's where I am because I, I'm mad at my black affluent people that don't live in the city that get really angry at gentrifiers. Well, you could have came back. You could have been in the house. You could have moved back to. The, so like so I'm going to beef with them. But then there's patience and time. And there's some folks that's now like, you know what, man, we've been talking for years and and and. Maybe I have been looking at this a little bit wrong. I've got some folks on the race side of things. Some of my white fam that I have been talking with literally for years. Years. And it's been a. And they are now like saying things that are that are more they go deeper than I could go sometime. I'm like, ease up, dude. Hold up. Back back up. Hold on. You can't you can't say that. Let me say that. What'd you say again? Let me say that. You know, like 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 and 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 why am I saying this? I'm saying it because I have a testimony of seeing people 
grow. Sometimes it is very slow, but growing nonetheless. And family, like, like, I'm I'm asking you to to walk in that with me. I'm asking you to 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 step into into like an uncomfortable kind of patience. Now, I'm I'm not coddling injustice. Hear me here. I'm not saying like like, you know, let's just like slowly wait for the police to stop killing black people. No, like that's got that's got to stop today. That's got to no. That's got to stop last month. Like that's no. Yeah. But but I'm but understanding how you see life and how I see life, it it takes time. And if you want me to just change my entire position because you sent me three Facebook articles, like think again. But I got a testimony because I've seen with loving Christ first. And being patient with people, God moving us closer and closer together, even in the midst of our nation getting further and further apart. Like Rebecca and I have some wins that we sitting back looking at each other like, what? Come on, Lord, you ain't playing, you know, and 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 it's all him. It's all God. And so my 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 prayer is that you would begin asking yourself. Lord, what is my testimony in this moment, not the bigger testimony simply of is God good? He saved me. That is important. That is key. Don't ever stop telling that testimony. But specifically in this moment of 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 understanding, like thanksgiving like in what ways is are you seeing God move in your life as it relates to loving someone who might be hurting during covid caring for someone whose whose home is is in shambles because of uh country turmoil trying to understand and wrap your mind around somebody who you feel like you have not a thing in common with you don't know my story you don't know my last name you don't know nothing yet and still you was created in God's image so maybe our perspectives are different but we can still come closer I love that that he that he says we got a corporate gratefulness and thankfulness but we also got a personal one lastly Verse 18, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But he has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love for me. I'm going to try to say this just, just simple and plain. Family. Hate. Hate is not from God, okay? He has the righteous ability to hate certain sin. You get to hate his things that he hates, but be careful about 
the people you choose to hate. Be careful about hate and and sin that is uh, that we cherish. This this word cherish is kind of like like that that we feel better like holding on to than giving up to God. A, a, a good example of like this type of sin is a grudge, right? A, gr- a grudge is something that you hold on to because you felt wronged by someone and God's trying to say, let that thing go. Why are you carrying that thing? No, uh-uh, let me tell you what they did to me. Uh, 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 grudges aren't gospel. With all the things you've done against God, and all the forgiveness he's given you, you get to choose to not just just not forgive and walk around holding grudges. Like 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 it says cherished iniquity in my heart. Family, I want your prayers answered. Church family, I want our prayers answered. We're trusting God to do something crazy. That there's diversity within the Asian camp, within the white camp, within the Indian camp, within the Black camp, there's diversity there. And we're trying to unify all of us for a greater good and to be about loving each other across difference, but also to be about God's justice in a unified fashion. We're going to march together. Not, 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 not going somewhere to go march tomorrow, but we're going we're gonna to be in step together about the same aims. And it's going to take us some time to get there. But don't let your, your, your sin stop us. Don't let your hardened heart, because you want to be right, don't let that stop us from God stepping in. It's just, it's just, it's just that clear. If you want to cherish sin, God probably won't be responding to your prayers. Now, do we sin unknowingly? Yes. Is there sin that we don't know the layers of it and we've had to have people help us? get? Yes. We're not talking about that. It says cherished. Stuff that you're aware of that you won't let go. Help us. Help us as a body. Help us help God step in by letting go of sin, y'all. I was uh, I was watching this this interview with Kevin Hart by Oprah, and uh, Kevin Hart said that he was broke, about to get evicted from his place. Called his mom, and uh, unfortunately, his mom passed away from cancer. This was a time when she was still with him. Called his mom and kept saying, "Mom, like my, my bills is coming." I'm a month behind. They're going to be kicking me out soon. Mom said, okay, Kev. She said, Mom, can I get some money? She said, have you read your Bible? He said, Mom, you, did you hear what I asked you? I said, can, can I get, can I get, can I get that, that, that money? I'm trying to get, have you read your Bible, son? Nope. All right, Mom, I'll call you later. Call, yeah, call me when, after you read your Bible. Another month goes by. He calls it back. Mom, look, it's month number two. Like, I need, I, I need your help. Can you please just send me, send me some money because I'm about to get kicked out. They're knocking at the door now. I hear you, son. Have you read your Bible? No, I, 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 haven't, I haven't read it. Well, son, call me when you read your Bible. My, okay, whatever, bye. 
Month four comes in. <laughs> now they like, you know, trying to unscrew the door, take the hinges off of this bad boy because they about to come in. He's like, Ma, please, like, I just, I just need the money. He says, son, I know I'm like a broken record, but have you read your Bible? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, call me when you do. A couple days later, he said, you know what? He comes back home. He's like, man, I'm just going to sit down and read my Bible. It's, I, sh- I should have been done this. Sit down, read his Bible. His mom had already put six checks in the Bible for him. Six checks. Enough to cover the future's rent as well. Family, sometimes we just got to remember our vows. Like, like remember what we've committed to doing with the Lord. But in that commitment, there should be a a shouting of joy because of his majestic nature, because of who he is. Allow yourself to, to operate on those vows. There's no telling how he's using it to to bless you, to care for you, to refine you, to look more like him. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for you. Lead us, God, that we might shout your praises. Help us remember what you've done for us as a whole community. I'm so grateful. But also, Lord, let us remember what you've done for us as individuals. Even now, Lord, we pray for our brother Herb and our sister Vashon. And Lord, we're grateful that they've had the years that they've been able to have with Ladesha. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, uh, as you get your uh, communion, please know that uh, we want to continue to advance God's kingdom here. And so uh, we are doing so through a number of initiatives, and we would love for you to give to help those initiatives go forth. And so there's four different ways you can give. Uh, you can do so through mail, uh, through Cash App, through Venmo, or through our website. Uh, and we're grateful for every dollar given. Uh, we really, really appreciate your generosity. You've been an amazing church. Uh, and you've been, yeah, just, just a, a real blessing. Uh, we're going to take communion now. And uh, yeah, sorry. Before we get to communion, I need to say a couple things. First, like, like, yeah, I'm grateful for what God's done in this church. Done some amazing things. But if you're a person listening today and you just think that we want to have, like, good virtues, be good people, just be appreciative and thankful. Like, like you miss the power of Jesus Christ. We are not thankful simply for what Jesus does. We're thankful for who he is. He's the type of God that, that when we've done something wrong, something so bad that, that our sin and our pain and our rejection of him puts him on the cross, he's the type of God that as a pastor I was listening to this weekend said, that the first words he says on the cross isn't get him, isn't how dare y'all put me up here. It's 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. Like this is the type of love that you find in Christ. And I want you to be thankful for the love that Jesus has offered you. I've talked to you about a variety of things being refined and racial harmony and unrest in certain countries, all these different things. But, but if you don't get that your heart needs to be thankful for Jesus saving you from your sin, you've missed it all. And so today we offer to you a loving relationship. A loving relationship. And we'll, we'll walk with you through those vows of what it means to live for God. But, but simply start here with this prayer. Jesus, I believe you are God. I believe you've died for my sin. I believe you live and are in control. I submit my control to you. And I want you to lead my life forever. If you pray a prayer like that, today can be the first day of you starting to live for Jesus. And we're going to have a Zoom call afterwards where I'd love to walk with you through that, through what it looks like to live for Jesus. But also, if you're a person that is already walking with Christ, I ask you, like, what, what, what do your vows look like? What does it look like to be faithful in the midst of trouble and also in faithful in the midst of triumph? What does it look like for you to be growing closer to other people who may be very, very different than you and you not see them as your enemy, but you see them as a person created in God's image who... You just want to understand better. See, I, see, see, the arrogance happens when I immediately start telling you what you would say. How about instead we start learning how to listen to what somebody else might say? And so I, I, I am asking you to be sanctified, to look more like Jesus through your vows. All right. Sorry, y'all. I just felt, felt the need to to make sure we landed that plane at Christ, at Christ, at Christ.